Motion man and fake it to him. A work he sets up. Felton Davis in zone. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome back into Spartan Red Zone. Ryan Collins, Eric Bob, Nathan Stearns, and back, Joseph Dandrick. SRZ reigning pick-up champ, Joseph Dandrick. Did I say that? Sure. Yeah. Also, it's not Dandrick. It's Danderwin, according to Collins. Well, I mean, I already listened to the podcast last year. I had problems coming the state of Minnesota. So... It really shouldn't catch you by surprise that I don't want to smoke Joe's last night. <laughs> it's not, you know, I really... I, I feel like it's close. I feel like it's close enough. We all know the idea of it. You're literally, you added an extra letter. <laughs> what did I add? What did I spell wrong? So there's, an, wrong. There's, an, there's not an E in the middle. Yes. It's just dandrin, not dandering. I feel like there should be an E in the middle. You have one more letter and you're all dangerous. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Know. You've always been a bad words. speller, Collins. You've always been bad, a bad speller. Bad. Hey, we all have our downfalls. <laughs> we all have our downfalls. Good thing I'm going into journalism. But, uh, <laughs> good thing. Yeah, good thing. Um, so how are we doing today, boys? Beautiful day in East Lansing today. Yeah, nice. I'm gorgeous. I'm staring Ooh, out my window windy. onto Gunson Street, and there's a million people drinking. I, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of people doing that. Uh, I also see in the background, you have a Brian Hoyer Browns jersey. I know you own that. Probably his last NFL start this week. Tough, tough scene for the former Michigan State quarterback on the Monday night against the Chiefs. Yeah, tough scene. Not good. He, Not good. He, yeah, and just like the look on Belichick's face as he was walking off the field for halftime was like, oh God, if Hoyer like is allowed back on the team playing on the way home, I'll be surprised. I honestly think the Patriots, like if they had like anyone competent behind center, would have won that game by two TDs. That's how good their defense <laughs> played. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but, well, I, mean, I think if they might have not pulled Hoyer, they could have still maybe won. Because uh, it just it went like we're talking downhill once Stidham took over. Yeah, well, not really. I mean, it was downhill with Hoyer. I mean, Hoyer took two of the worst sacks I've ever seen. But whatever. Yeah. Stearns, Panthers, they good. You are, are you are you buying in on Teddy? Teddy's good. Teddy's Teddy's just below what you need of a franchise quarterback, but too good to get you a top ten pick. You ask if they're good. Uh, I'm saying six <laughs> and ten, seven and nine, as I've always said. You play, they play it. They still have Atlanta twice on the schedule. They still have the Skins. They still have the Lions. No offense. Uh, they still have the Bears. They got some games in there. They still have Denver, who I could see them beating, but. Good, no. Adequate, yes. Okay. No, team's good. no team's going to win with Dante Jackson and Rasul Douglas in the secondary and Tahir Whitehead running around. Hey, don't I'm say sorry. anything bad about Tahir Whitehead. I like that guy. His PF, he's PFF grades below 30. Hey. Which if you oh think about PFF, that is horrendous. Not good, but hey, he's got a really cool face mask, so I like him. But hey, you mentioned the Lions. I don't take any offense to it because I'm done. I'm done this year. I can't even handle it anymore. I'm so I'm so sorry for you guys. It's just, you just look upon this point. It's just it's just you want to win just because it's been so bad for so long. 
Yeah, they stink. I, I mean, it's always been the Lions and the Browns. It's like the laughing side. But the Browns are good this year, and Joe Danger, Browns fan, is fired up about it. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, oh, am... I missed hearing Joe say, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's Joe's catchphrase. And one, guess what? Cowboys, the only guy on the field in that game that could have made that play to win the game was Odell, and he did it. Love the play call. Aggressive, you play to win the game. Finally giving him the football, I see. Yes, thank God, because guess what? Good things happen when you give Odell Beckham the ball, in case you didn't know. Yeah, I guess. Okay, the most impressive thing that happened in that game was the throw that Jarvis Landry made. That oh, was God, unbelievable. That was, that was, yeah. He made the same type of throw to Rashard Higgins a, like two years ago in 18. That, that thing was 40 yards on a dime in the perfect spot on a line. I mean, it and was he like – And you could tell when he caught it. He Baker could never. had. Whoa. Well, Baker come on. I'm never. a Baker guy. Are you not a Baker guy, Bach? Never have been. Huh? I you like I, him at Oklahoma? I, no. Ever oh, since he planted so ever since he planted me. the he planted the flag in at Ohio State, he doomed himself with karma, with bad karma. I kind of like that, honestly. I thought it was ballsy. I mean, a lot of people liked it. I I Danger probably didn't like it, it as an Ohio State fan. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, it was back in the day. It was back in the day a little bit. No, I at that point I was like, this dude's, uh, you know, calling. You hate him. Day. You hated him. But man, as soon as the Browns drafted him, he's my guy. He's your guy. I'm a big Baker guy. I think he is like, if they're gonna win and win at a decent level, I think he's gonna be the guy that will lead the team because he is like a winner mentality type of person, and yeah. you need that to lead a team like this in a franchise like that. Lions stink. Yeah, Lions and are they, so bad. So bad. They're just, the defense is terrible. Yeah, so Matt Patricia, defensive genius. And his comment about um, how he had a lot to fix when he showed up is just blasphemy. Good for him. Good for him. He's so delusional yeah. that he can he say sucks. that. Good for him. Good for him. What a loser. I can't stand that he guy. He sucks. Yeah. He's so bad at his job. But whatever. Yep. This isn't a pro anyway. football podcast, Michigan State <laughs> podcast. Mel Tucker had a press conference today. We're recording on a Wednesday. I don't know exactly when we're going to drop this, but we are recording on a Wednesday. Eric, Stearns, and Dandron, you guys were all in that presser? I wasn't. The other two just, were. Just I, me and Dandron. Yeah. I got, I'm going to the one tomorrow night. With, so, so I saw Mel Tucker wearing glasses. And oh, my God. It, I'm a big fan of him. I'm just going to say that the glasses make you make you look like more of a football mind. If that makes any right? sense. <laughs> and he, uh, he said somebody asked him about it, and he was like, well, he's normally a contact guy, but he normally only wears contacts in his right eye. Huh? Because apparently he's got something off in his right eye. Yeah. But some for some reason, oh, today he said there was nobody in his in his office, so he didn't have to wear his mask alone in his office. So when he doesn't wear his mask, he wears glasses because when he his uh, glasses get fogged up when he wears his mask. That's the most relatable thing I've ever. I try to wear my a mask with sunglasses. I can't see where I'm going. So it's, it's the most relatable thing I've ever heard. But what's it called? The, the, the thing about Mel Tucker, and you guys said this a little bit before the show, I mean, he's a big cliche guy. And I know every oh. football every football coach is. But for an, a, a fan base that's hungry and excited for their new coach, he just feeds and fuels the fire. So much, it's so funny. Is that we're gonna play relentless, process driven? He just says all these buzzwords, just like kind of like creeping away from the fact that he doesn't have to talk about 
maybe we ha- don't have a quarterback going into week one. <laughs> like, yeah, which more or less is very, very true. Yeah. So what did he say today? What did he say today? I, I, he I didn't said that. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. The quarterback situation, it's it's still in the competition phase, is kind of what we what we got. It's still competing. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't ever say any names of anyone on the team either, unless no. somebody in the media specifically asked him about it. Like he talked a little bit about Antoine Simmons today because somebody specifically asked him. Um he has I haven't heard him say the words Rocky Lombardi or Theo Day or Peyton Thorne. I haven't heard those words come out of his mouth. And um, let alone anybody else. And he, the only reason he said Jordan Reed's name today because somebody asked him who's he's apparently not opting back in. Um, no, neither is Stevens either. Yeah. And who is Stevens? So said, I don't even know who that guy is. Offensive lineman. Oh, is yeah, that who it is? And he said those two names today. But if when he's speaking about the team, he does not say people's names, which is a little weird. To me, like he's just so the competition tw- competition phase, Bob. And they tw- and they tweeted out those that video last week of him mic'd up at practice, and it's just him over and over saying every rep counts, every rep counts, <laughs> over and over again. It's like oh my there was God, it's like the other like, thing. He's like, is this real? Yeah, I know. The other day, it's like the one that I thought was hilarious when he was like, "Ain't nothing out here, but." Green grass and opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know where opportunity is, but I see the grass. I don't get I love it. it. I love it. I, I mean, if you don't like that, if that doesn't get you like, if the pads don't start popping after your coach says that, I don't know what, how, how are you going to do? Like, like, you can't get up for that on a Saturday in the morning. I don't know. I mean, that's they just me, I guess. Scrimmage. Speaking of on a Saturday morning, they did have a scrimmage last Saturday morning in Spartan Stadium. And Mel did say that he was very pleased with it. Um, and that was the first time that the coaching staff was actually seeing the team live in person playing tackle football to the ground, which is a little scary to think about since we're 17 days before the opener, but, um, and they have another scrimmage planned for this upcoming weekend. And I doubt that we'll know anything more about it because Mel will not say, or anyone else will not say. The one thing I did saw that was kind of interesting is that they haven't started preparing for Rutgers, which is probably... I mean, I don't, I don't know what programs do, but I, I, I have a in, like a feeling that the majority of programs in the country, there's someone scouting, so they're probably preparing for Rutgers right now. It's just not in necessarily practice and what they're gonna be scheming for them, whatever. I saw that that was a little interesting, but ever since we talked last time, not a whole lot on the Michigan State football front, to be honest. Which is and, probably good in in this in times when they're practicing every day and they're getting COVID daily tested every day. It's probably good. No news. I'm going to take no news as good news. I'll say this. I think the Big Ten so far, there hasn't been like any news about uh, any outbreaks or anything so far. So maybe this new testing system is something that you're going to see throughout the country. And, and I know it's a lot, it's really expensive and the Big Ten's flipping the bill, but I mean, I mean, opens up the avenue for success for other people. Well, in order for this to work, you knew you knew you were going to need to get rapid antigen contact tracing tests. That was the biggest part of why the Big Ten brought football back, as I said last podcast, where if you test someone, you can't wait for three days to know or not because they might be spreading and you can't necessarily throw someone into isolation who might have been in contact, might have not been. This expedites that process 
a lot. And then part of that whole return to play thing was cardiac imaging, EKG thing. And that was a big worry about why the board of directors originally canceled was because of heart inflammation. That's what they were worried about. And they had some anecdotal evidence among the Ohio State student athlete body to suggest that perhaps this was something to be concerned about. But now if you test positive for COVID, you're isolated for three weeks, which is longer than that 10 to 14 day period that the CDC recommends. And then they make you undergo this EKG, cardiac screening, everything from here to Texas in terms of testing. So they are giving everything top of the line. And I think, I mean, that's a good thing. The only thing I don't get, and I was wondering what you guys' takes are, why is it 21 days? That's longer than everybody else has been isolated. On professional sports and the personal level, I don't, I mean, the, the CDC is 10 to 14 days. That's what, like, everybody's timeline is bad. But now, if you test positive in week two, you're pretty much done in the bull season. I mean, you, have, you come back for a couple of weeks and then maybe you have bull season. But the people that test positive are like out for three weeks, not a week and a half, which I think is a little, I don't know, but that's a long, long portion of time. Well, I think they just did it. Basically, it's kind of like an incentive to be as cautious as you can because, it, I mean, it's not its not hard to get a little reckless with COVID guidelines in a college town. Like, it, re- it really isn't. Like, I, And even if someone's not going to a big party or something, you could still go to a place no one's wearing masks everyone's been in different crowds before and you might be with 15 people, but overall those people have been exposed to another like hundred people. That's just like, and especially for these guys who this is what they want to do for a living. They want to make it to the NFL. They want to get stuff on film. This is, it's a big incentive for them to be like, Hey, 21 days I'm out. I'm going to miss three games, like three or four. Not like, so I don't know. I think that's probably why they did it. I don't, I don't, I, there's no, I don't think there's any like health benefit for staying an extra seven days. I could be wrong. I don't know. I it's a PR I, thing too, to be honest with you. I think it's a PR thing just so they can say oh, we did yeah. good. I think that's the biggest thing. That's well, what I was going to yeah. say. It was an optics thing for sure. I mean, if you're the Big Ten, you got to, you know, like make sure that you have all your stuff. Sorry, I got too much light in my eye. Yeah. If, <laughs> to tell our listeners, I mean, Dandrew's trying to make a point while he's trying to. Yeah, he's blinds. been close. He's getting blinds. He's getting blinded, blinded right now. 20 minutes. So, I, I mean, if you're the Big Ten, like, the 21-day thing is, like, totally, like, you're just covering your butt, right? Yeah. Like, any, it's all about liability. It's what a lot of this stuff is. And so, they, I mean, you're bringing football back to get – because you need the money. So, you need to make sure that you protect all of everything in the best way possible. It makes sense. But if there is a breakout where there doesn't have to be that 21 day kind of quarantine thing, doesn't that just ruin the rest of the season? Doesn't that ruin the season in some respects? Right. Cause how do you expand it? You know, cause with the playoff and everything, I just don't the, but if it does happen, a lot of things, it's not going to be good at all. And a lot of well, things are going to go wrong for the, well, I mean, they, they the expect an outbreak. Like I, I think that's a beat. You said. They, they spent like people to test positive. And I think the whole thing with the new testing is like, it's not, you don't have to contract contact trace with the new type of testing is that I think that was one of the big points with the antigen testing. Cause right. you just know because you can minutes. instantly test people. Yeah. So I, it doesn't necessarily need to be, and it's accurate, I guess. So I don't know, but uh, I mean, on the Michigan state news front, unless you guys want to talk about something else, I have nothing. I'll be no. I'll, I'll, there. There's not a whole lot to talk about. And, which sucks because 
it's October 7th. And usually this is around a week they play Michigan or they play, they, they got a big like Northwestern game that they'll probably lose uh, just like playing stupid football. But <laughs> we, 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 unfortunately we have no Michigan State football to talk about, but we do have a lot more NCAA football to talk about. We do. We do. That's you right. guys watch the slate of games this weekend? I watched yeah. a amount of them. I did too. Before we get into the pick them, and before we talk about some of these teams, and, and college football, the, last weekend felt like the first real week of college football. Did you guys it, – it felt real. Was that just me? Yeah, no, no, no you're right. Agree. It felt real. And, it wasn't going to real until the SEC came back, let's be honest. Until yeah. they started firing up, that, 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 that was the biggest thing for me. Having them back for a little while now has made all the difference in the world. I don't know, might, man. The Pac-12 was doing it for me. Petrol's not even playing yet, Dandre. I don't know what that was. I know. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Bad joke. God, he leaves. He goes to the state news and then thinks he's like funny. No, (laughs) that was mean. (laughs) Hey, come on, Bach. You know what? (laughs) Whatever. We're not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get into it. He's an impactor at heart. So come on. But uh. Uh, so let's do another pick. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what I was going with there, but like, honestly, I, the point I was trying to make is it might've been that fact that like Iowa state and Georgia had people in their stands, but like, I don't know. It kind of felt real last weekend. Auburn, Georgia, even though it wasn't a good game, that felt like it. Auburn. Bonex is Auburn. terrible. I told you guys, Bonex is not good. Bonex is not good. Are you, I think you might be right. He's not good. Awesome. I don't know Florida what they're doing. Is Florida, Florida calling? Good? Is Florida yes. good? Florida is good. Auburn's play calling. Chad Morris is their new OC. The former OC at Clemson, then head coach at Arkansas, and now OC at Auburn. Um, he called one of the worst games I've ever seen yeah. on Saturday at Georgia. Like, oh, my God. And Not it, good. it was – Every it was three times a possession. I would go. That's the play that you that you just called for that situation. Are you serious? Yeah, just they they did not look good, and, and especially with Georgia, who we're going to talk about in a little bit in the pickum, with uh, Georgia, who they're trying out a quarterback that literally left the program to go play JUCO and then came back, and now he's starting, and he's throwing hammer dips in the middle of the game. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I did. That was unbelievable. I was like, what? What's going on here? How does he put his mouth guard in? But whatever. Let's move into the pick-em. Move into the pick-em. First game on the slate. Another disappointing team this year. Number 22, Texas. Getting two and a half points as they play Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Are they playing in the Cotton Bowl? Yes. Did they change um, that? In the Cotton Bowl. Okay. In the Cotton Bowl. Noon on Fox. Number 22, Texas. Getting two and a half points from the Oklahoma Sooners. Who are coming off a bad loss against Iowa State. Am I going first? I'll go first. Um, Oklahoma covers two and a half here. I think Oklahoma's had two bad losses in a row. But Spencer Spencer Rattler is going to be a little bit better, and I think that they're going to win by more than a field goal. I just think that Texas can't – Texas won't be able to stop them. And Texas is too mistake-prone on offense. And they have – they committed nine offensive penalties last Saturday against TCU. I mean, did you guys watch that game? It was brutal. Yes. The, fir- the was- first half of that game, I think they had 
It was like 170 yards that had been, like of offense that had been called back. It was unbelievable. Every big play Texas made, there was either a holding, a legal shift, or something. I mean, yeah. they looked horrible last weekend. That's a TCU team that's not bad, but it's not like a vintage TCU team. Like that's a team Texas should be. Yeah, and I was on the Tom Herman train, but performances like that and just sloppiness like that is a reflection on poor coaching. So yeah. I, I. I think Oklahoma's going to win by a touchdown. So I guess give me Oklahoma to cover two and a half. Stearns. This is exactly the kind of game where a lot of people, including myself, were leaning toward picking Texas, but Eric just talked me out of it. Because every time there's the smallest sort of expectation that I have for Tex or for Herman, Chris Hash, and this entire program, it blows up in my face. Okay, and I think you're going to see Riley and the Sooners, as you guys said, two really, really bad losses, one and two. They need their first conference win. They do. And this seems like the kind of game where Texas comes out in front of a lot of their home fans and just comes out slow. Give me Oklahoma. All right. I mean, I'll say that. I mean, Pat, I mean, Big 12 is wide open, just wide open this year. Oklahoma State's league to lose now. Yeah, but I, I don't, I mean, until Spencer Sanders is back, I don't know what Oklahoma State looks like. I mean, they hammered Kansas last weekend, but, I mean, personally, for me, I like Texas plus two and a half. I think Oklahoma's defense is just, it doesn't matter who they play. It's 45 points or something. Like, Iowa State's offense is not special. Like, Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback, but they're not good. Like, you saw them put 10 points up against UL Lafayette. And they go move the ball at will against an Oklahoma defense. I don't know who their D coordinator is and what they've been doing. They got to figure it out. Because if they ever want to win actually big and win a national title, they need a defense that can, like, stop opponents to less than 35 points. So I, I like Texas. I think Texas can outscore Oklahoma, even though Spencer Radler is a future Heisman candidate. He's really, really good. Yeah, I would agree. Is it my turn? Am I going last? Yes, yes. All right. Everyone else won. Sorry. All right. I had to. I had to put on some theme. I had to put on some theme music underneath this room because I couldn't couldn't get into it. it it's um, it's going in the post. But it's going there. Okay. No. Yeah. We added we added another song to the pickem jingle too. So if, uh, if you listen last year, we have two songs now instead of one. Gotcha. Crazy. So whoever loses this Texas Oklahoma game is going to be one and three, which is crazy. I'm taking Oklahoma. Uh, Texas, I, I think it's Texas. No, Texas is Texas two is two and one. one. They they stole. They came back and stole that game at Texas oh, Tech. Remember, you and I watched that one together in your living room when Texas came back and beat Texas Tech at the very end. I don't think Danton remembers. He was probably what? no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But how old Texas is two and one. They, Texas, no, two weeks ago. Texas should be one and two, but they are two and one. I swear to God, they were one and two. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Good start. The great <laughs> start, Jesus. I'm still taking Oklahoma. I think Spencer Rattler is just really, really good. And even though Oklahoma has lost some bad, they've had that's some bad loss this year. I'm still taking Oklahoma. Okay, okay. Move on. Kind of staying alone, start state. Number 21, Texas A&M, getting seven points at home at Kyle Field as number four Florida comes into town. New kick on ESPN. Are you guys as impressed with Florida as I am? Yes. Trust looks like and, the real deal. Looks and, like the real deal. Car, carved up South Carolina's defense up one way and down the other. He had, what, 270 and four scores? 
something along that line and just absolutely obliterate the Gamecocks defense. And they, they beat the tar out of Ole Miss earlier, and those are two teams that aren't bad. They're not playing Mercer and Colgate. So, yeah, Florida looks like the real deer to me. Here's my take on this game. Texas A&M gave up 400-plus passing yards to Mac Jones last week in Frank Denny. Kyle Trask is better than Mac Jones. And despite the game being at Kyle Field in Aggie Land and the Aggies getting seven points, I still think Florida covers and wins by a couple scores at least on the road. I do okay. too. I mean, the A&M is just not – they want a snoozer against Vandy. 17-12, to 12 and Vandy's not a good football team. And then they got their doors blown off versus Alabama down at Brian Denny, which – Everybody expected to happen anyway, but they haven't done anything, I think, so far to show that they're anything better than a Midland team. And Ford has beaten the brakes off of two good SEC teams. Give me, uh, don't, uh, give me a, you know, uh, Danger, go ahead. Wait, I, 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 wait, I, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just took AM after you said all that stuff about them not being good. Yeah, that that flew under the radar. Like Florida's good seven points about Florida being good. I mean, and then uh, I'll go with AM. <laughs> okay. I mean I, I was gonna make a big point about how I kinda like AM in this game. I'm taking them plus seven. But if you watched that game last weekend, AM had opportunities to stay in that football game. They dropped a big time fourth down conversion that could have been a touchdown. They moved the ball on Alabama in the first half, like the whole first half. It was just turnovers. You can't turn the ball over against Alabama. And you were right, Bob. Matt Jones tore their defense apart. Their defense did not look very good. And Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, I mean, that guy, he I mean, he's a force. Probably the best tight end in college football. And I love what Dan Mullen does in a run game. He it, it doesn't matter who he's got, they're gonna get hundred yards out of their backfield. So I I'm gonna take Texas AM because I think this is a bounce back game and I think uh, Jimbo is a good coach. So give me Texas AM plus seven. Okay. I think Florida's offense is better than Alabama's offense right I now. would agree with that, but I think Alabama's have better weapons. I'll mm. give you that, but I just think because AM struggled so badly with Bama's offense, I don't see them doing any better against Florida's offense. Fair. I think this is a tough one because, I mean, it's, I don't know, kind of toss up because AM's offense isn't bad. They just yeah, Kellen Mond's been better. He's been better. Yeah. I will say, but Florida, I think it's like legit. Like they're, we're talking, I think it's like Alabama. I think Georgia, if they, when everything's said and done, is going to be in the top four, or Florida, I mean. So I'm going UF. I do like A&M to keep it close, but late in the game, Florida will pull away. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced A&M can win this game. I'm really not because, like you said, Bob, I mean, Florida's looked really good. I think they've been one of the most impressive teams. And their defense hasn't really showed up either. And Florida always has a good defense. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Florida's got three or four guys in the secondary who are going to play on Sundays. Yep. Okay, move on next game. Well, ACC battle. I don't know if we've done an ACC game yet. Maybe we did. I don't know. Number eight, North Carolina. Number eight in the country. It took two years for Matt Brown to get this program basically back to the best it's ever been. Like, took them two years, and, and, and they got a guy named Sam Howell slung in the ball who's 
arguably maybe my favorite quarterback in college football. They take down Virginia Tech this week, noon on ABC. They're laying four and a half. This is, to me, the easiest pick on this whole list. Uh, give me the Tar Heels to cover four and a half, easy. Um, Virginia Tech has had COVID problems. A lot of them. A lot they of haven't them. played. I don't think Justin Puente is a great coach. They haven't, and they don't have like really much game experience against good competition yet this year. And you said it, Collins. Mac Brown has brought UNC back to maybe better than they've ever been. Now, granted, they are ranked number eight, and the AP poll does not include the Big Ten in this current moment. I think it does. I think it does. I'm pretty sure. They Maybe put them back in last week. It was weird. It made no sense why they did last week. Well, either way, give me the Tar Heels to easily cover four and a half. I think this will be a two or three touchdown game. Um, I just, I don't think Virginia Tech is very well coached, and I don't think they have any real game experience this year, so I think this is an easy thing. Fuente, I'll say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Tar Heels. Fuente's a weird coach because he's one of those who, like, did he lose his locker room, like, midseason? And then and then you, like, check the next year, he's like, he's still coaching. And you look and they, like, somehow won eight games last year. I don't hate their quarterback. I think he was a freshman last year. He's able to make plays out of the pocket. I, I don't hate that. Virginia Tech, another team that usually has a solid defense. But, I mean, North Carolina, I mean, they didn't play well against Boston College last week. I would expect them to come out and play well. Sam Howell, I think, could win the Heisman this year or the next year. Doesn't matter. He is that good. I know I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to go with VT not to win, but to cover. I, I thought you were a North Carolina boy. Do you not like the Tar Heels? Never the biggest North Carolina Tar Heels fan. No, I was always NC State and... You're like an underdog, I see. Well, okay. Duke and UNC, especially with Fedora, lost any remaining respect I had for them. You expect Alabama and Clemson to cheat. If you're North Carolina, that's not the program you think is going to cheat. I mean, you don't think a program that produces year after year of mediocrity in football. In basketball, you expect them to cheat, not in football. But <laughs> I don't know. It, maybe this is just all the time. I don't even know what you're talking about, by the way, Stearns. I don't yeah, remember we have. North, I have. I'm I don't very remember wrong. North Carolina cheating. Okay. I know what you're talking about, Stern. I know what you mean. They got, they, got they got busted under Fedora a lot for different uh, booster problems, different athletic, yeah. academic problems, and that was part of the reason why he got the boot. You'd, you, you'd expect Clemson and Alabama to do something like that, not North Carolina. But maybe it's just my years and years and years and years of watching UNC football, but I refuse to put any faith in the Tar Heels at all. I think they win this game. But I'm expecting that you're going to see the Virginia Tech team a couple of weeks ago watch that game. They look good versus NC State. NC State's 2-1. They beat NC State by 21. NC State's not good, dude. NC State's not terrible. I arguably. Did you watch that pit game last weekend? No, I didn't get. I get. I didn't get the chance. The only reason NC State was up is because there was like two major no calls. I'll just say that. Whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dandrum. All right. So I, I'm a little on the fence about UNC. Okay. I'm gonna go with the tar. I'm going with the tar heels. I'm a little. I'm iffy about. Why did you say that then? <laughs> what? What? I'm a little so, on the fence, but I'm going with the tar heels. Completely contradictory. Because I don't trust Virginia Tech at all. But I will okay. say UNC struggled last week with Boston College, and I think Virginia Tech could cause some problems for him. 
but I'm still Tar Heels, I think by a score, by at least a touchdown. Okay. Um, because I, Howell's damn good. And they, that, that team really is good. a lot better than they were last year, and they were not bad last year. Yeah. I, I think Whoever, that, I think his, by the way, do you guys know that Dre Bly is the cornerbacks coach at UNC? Yeah, Chaz Surratt, too, is a dog. He is really good. So is, uh, I think, Daz Newsome, who I believe is one of their wide receivers. He was a freshman last year, stud. Whoever had us uh, bringing up, whoever bet on us bringing up the Larry Fedora uh, NCAA violations at uh, yeah. UNC during this podcast just won a lot of money. It's yeah, an actual thing. I'm telling you. you guys I know. I know it. it's not. But like, what? what I, I does that make totally, you mad? That <laughs> went over my head. I would had zero idea what Stearns found out. Why would because he and then one in eleven two Stearns though. I, I knew what you were talking about. But his first couple years with them, it was an eight. I know he won the belt bowl a couple times. He was they, they went eleven and three in fifteen. They were good in fifteen. They got they screwed. Were, they got screwed in the ACC championship game too by the refs. He was the always the kid. The last two years he fell off. He fell off a cliff. There, I think they went three and nine and two and nine. Before that, they were seven, eight, nine win team every year. He was for North Carolina football. It's great. It's like what Duke was oh, with Cuck. You know, eleven and three in twenty uh, fifteen. Yeah, they, no, should, they were good. They, they should have beat Clemson too in that ACC championship game. Collins just loves to blame everything on the refs. Yes, yes, Bob. The NC Rock State game. game. Bob, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Still, that's the problem. Lions fans do that. Okay, whatever. I'm not. I that is like my biggest pet peeve with Lions fans that they blame everything on the refs, even though they haven't been. They haven't won a playoff game in like 15. I mean, like what 40 years. That's all on the refs. That, does, that doesn't 1991, make sense. 1991, I believe. It was the divisional series. And then yeah, they beat, they beat Dallas in the Silverdome. I've heard about it the yeah, yeah, Mary Jill for the last 25 years. So, okay, let's move on. We got way off track, though. It, way off track. But let's, let's move to the 330 SEC CBS kit. I, this is a line that I don't really get because number 14 Tennessee's looked good the past couple of weeks and Jeremy Pruitt, but number three, Georgia hosting Tennessee Volunteers. Georgia laying 12 points. And, and I, I mean, that's a lot. What do you mean? I, I get that Bennett played well, their quarterback, last week against Auburn. I'm not, I, I, I'm still not sold on that offense. Is it me? It's me first? Go ahead. Okay. This is the one that I've gone back and forth on this entire show. But... Much, I'm probably going to regret this because much like Texas, any faith in Tennessee is usually not rewarded. So I'm going to pick Tennessee to cover. I think that Georgia wins the game by a touchdown or a touchdown and a field goal. But I think 12, 12 is just too big of a number for me. I think Georgia wins, but Tennessee covers 12. I just I think... I, I, I think Georgia's the better team. Georgia's the better team, and Tennessee is maybe even a year early for their for their early season success. But I just I don't think they Tennessee quite has the firepower yet to win at Georgia. I do think that they're going to be able to cover twelve though. I I don't know what it is about Tennessee. They just I like their defense. They're very opportunistic defense, and I like their quarterback. And so I, I think this is going to be a tight game. And I still, I, like I said, I still don't trust Georgia's offense. Bennett played very well last week. 
but it's hard for me to imagine a guy who was third on the depth chart for the majority of camp. It's just gonna, it's gonna be a flip of the switch and just be that seamless. So I, I think just 12 is too many. I, I do think Georgia wins this game just botched. You're probably right. They're a little bit too young going on the road. I know it's not a full Sanford Stadium. It's not the same experience to playing between the hedges as it usually is. There's still people there. There's still sure, pressure. It looks pretty full on TV. It well, does. I, they they got the lighting show. I think that's what it yeah. is. It, that thing, that's intimidating. If the lights just start, I, I don't know. I don't like that. If I, if I had to play there, I would hate that. But I, I, I'm going to take Tennessee too. I've wavered back and forth, but I'm going to go along the lines of you guys. I think Georgia wins, but 12 is a big, big, It's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. And I don't even know if you can say we've seen the real Georgia Bulldogs yet, what 2020 is going to hold in store. Because I don't know if last week, to allude to Eric's point earlier, was because they're that good or because Auburn's play calling, which it was, was horrendous. Give Georgia's defense credit. I I know, man, but – they, they didn't get out. They didn't get helped out at all. I mean, that, that, that a lot of the coaching on the, on the Auburn side of the ball that game was not good at all. And 12 points in a ranked matchup, unless it's 1v25, I'm normally going to opt on the conservative side of things just because you never know how these games normally go. So give me Georgia to win, but Tennessee to cover. Who, who's favored in a game that's played tomorrow, Florida or Georgia? Ooh. Uh, I would say Florida. I gotta go Florida. I gotta go Florida. I agree. I, I think Florida. I think Florida is currently the favorite in the East of the SEC. I think Florida is the favorite in the SEC. They're the best team I've seen out of the SEC so far. And I know they haven't played anyone. I know they played South Carolina and Ole Miss. We'll I, know a lot more about Florida after this weekend, going on the road. To yes, Canada. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Danger. Who do you like, Georgia or Tennessee? You know, this might sound dense of me. Well, I oh guess boy. maybe a lot of things it I will. Sound, sound dense. What does dense mean? I don't even but know what that means. Short-sighted, short short-sighted, yes. That's exactly what I was going to say, Strange. But I do think that, I mean, I'm going to take Georgia here. I Tennessee, being number 14, like, I was like, what? I had no idea that this was a, that this team was like, any good. I don't even know who's not playing bad. quarterback for I haven't seen a single minute of Tennessee football, if I'm being completely honest. So, you know what? Give me Georgia, because I know Georgia's good. That, you know what? Great logic there. You know, take what you know, Joe. No, take seriously. You know. I, don't, I mean, I don't what? I'm not going to bet I'm not gonna bet on Tennessee, because I have no idea what they – I haven't watched. I'm going to watch the Georgia-Tennessee game. No, for Makes sure. Makes to me. No, that, that, I'm not even chirping you. I'm saying that's great logic. Bet <laughs> what you know. Bach is completely right. The last nope. game, I, I think game day's there. Is game day in Death Valley this week? Yeah. Number one, Clemson host number seven, Miami, 730 on ABC. Clemson lane 14 points. Last week, I, I actually watched the Clemson-Virginia game. Virginia moved the ball on Clemson. They moved the ball on Clemson. I, I, I mean, I don't know if they're a little sleepwalking a bit, but Clemson is not unbeatable. I really don't believe that. And I'm going to take the Miami Hurricanes to cover 14. I think this will be a close ball game. I think it will be a high-scoring game. I, I'm just – I don't think this early in the season, Clemson is just on that level where there's going to be blowing teams' heads off by 40 like they usually do. Didn't get a full preseason. You don't get like every – I don't know. I, just, I, I think Miami will be able to hang. Miami is about to get brought back down to earth 
Okay. I think they are about to be humbled and beaten soundly Saturday night in Death Valley. This Trevor Lawrence, this is going to be like his kickstarts his Heisman campaign. Dabo's, Dabo can sense some new blood in the water in the ACC with Manny Diaz, and he's going to be eager to suppress it. And I, Clemson, you're right. They were a little bit sloppy defensively last week against Virginia. But I think Miami's going to come in overconfident. They got their new turnover chain, and they think they're all that because they beat the crap out of a really terrible Florida State team. And um, Is Miami coming off a bye? I think they are. Yeah, they didn't play last week. Yeah, so I mean, and another week to prepare. Not going to matter. Clemson is the best team in the country. They have the best players. They are going to win by more than 14. I, I'm almost, I'm very confident in saying that. I'm a big De'Ara King fan, but I'm right along the lines of Eric. I don't think Miami's there yet. I don't think when the season ends, you're going to be looking at them as a seventh-ranked overall team in the country. And if you're Clemson and you're Dabo and you're Trevor, how many games do you get like this a year? Other than going to Notre Dame and then VT at the last game of the year, not a lot of games to really play a good, strong, ranked team on the road. This is the kind of game, if you're a football player, you get you get up for. You do. Okay? You're not, you're not – you can sleepwalk through Georgia Tech and BC and Duke and you'll be fine. But this is the kind of game where Trevor and Dabo – I've never been, you guys know me, I'm not a big Manny Diaz believer. Never been a big Manny Diaz believer. And I think Miami, by virtue of playing a couple really lousy teams, may be thinking that they're the real deal. And Clemson will show them what the real deal is. This is, for me, like a 21-28 point Clemson win. Do they get UNC this year? I think they do, right? Probably. That's probably another game UNC will lose by 30. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to... I'm going to look it up. I saw a little bit of that Miami Florida State game where Miami beat the doors off a really, really awful Florida State team. They struggled um, Arkansas State last week. Mike Norvell yeah. does not have the boys playing well so far. No yeah. North Carolina for Clemson. Hey, Arkansas State's not too bad, though. That's another yeah, kind of I, mean, I, yeah, I mean, you're still Florida State. So, I man, you know, Clemson is Clemson. Like, that's like, this is going to be a very tough game. Is the game, where is it? Is it in Miami or is it? No, Death Valley. Clemson. Death Valley somewhere. Yeah, so, so, I'm going to go Miami. But, because okay. I, I think, because I think Miami's offense is good enough to keep up with Clemson. You know, and granted, Clemson's defense is good every year. They lost a lot of pieces from last year, though. Um, this Clemson offense is going to be, and Miami's defense is not good enough, but I think Miami's offense is good enough to keep up. And Jared King is like, I mean, he's the best quarterback they've had in a minute. I think this Miami team is playing inspired. I like Miami here to cover 14. Maybe not, you know, maybe lose by 10 or his touchdown, but not by two, not by two touchdowns. They're going to make some bad mistake that Clemson is just going to make them pay for. It might be a, a defensive score. It'll be, could be a special teams, something or other. Clemson is just so strong in every aspect of the game, I don't see, I don't see. And I don't know if you heard me earlier, but no North Carolina in the regular season. How do you stop Lawrence and ETA? I have no you idea. Don't. How to do that. Exactly. Which, and, I mean, I think Clemson's going to struggle with the Eric King, too. 
this is this is Clemson's real last real test until they go to South Bend on November seventh. Assuming Notre Dame is still playing by then. Um, so I mean, there's there's this is like the last real hurdle up until Notre Dame that Clemson needs to cross because they go to Georgia Tech, then home against Syracuse and Boston College. Gone, gone, gone. Yeah, I get, so, I get what you guys are saying though about like they get a, like these are the games like the Alabamas and stuff like that where they put these programs back in their place. And these guys on Clemson have played in fifteen games like this. Yes, and I, they the, they have the experience the the Miami guys don't. I just I think that this is gonna be a classic Clemson run away with it. I just don't know what it is about this Clemson team, but I'm not completely bought in that they're the best in the country. I don't know what it is. I, I And they haven't shown me anything, like, on the field necessarily. I mean, they just – I don't know. I don't I don't like this defense that much, as much as I've liked their previous defenses. And Lawrence, as good as Lawrence is, he's prone to make a couple of mistakes a game. It, it, it depends if you capitalize on him because I – mean, yeah, yeah, but he'll give you one or two plays where you could take six to the house. That's just he's an aggressive quarterback. So I don't I don't know. He's really really good, but he's prone to mistakes. I don't know. I might just be a Clemson hater because I got a uh, one of my best friends is a Clemson fan. He's just so annoying. And why is he your friend? <laughs> he's annoying that Clemson's really good. He's not annoying as a person. Oh, I thought you meant he was. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like me and our fantasy football group chat. I am in Who's winning the fantasy football league? Me team. by a mile, yeah. and I'm th- I was three and zero, oh, and so was Eric, and now he's four and zero, oh, and I'm three and one. So there you go. And I, I just 100. traded for Chris. I just got Christian McCaffrey though, so in a couple weeks things could look different. I have a hundred more points scored than anyone else in the league through four weeks, and, and I have the have, least amount of points against, and have beaten the crap out of every team that I've played, and I have made some trades that I'm happy about. You only beat me by like 15 or 20, though. You didn't beat me by 50. I put 100. Yeah, but I <laughs> Yeah, but I still – but I put up 175. You're not going to ever beat that. Yeah. That's what about the week – what about when I scored 184? Come on now. People forget that's, that. People forget the just, week that Dandron went off. That's an anomaly, Joe. I'm I consistently in the 170s. I think but TJ might be the, the second best team. My, shout uh, out to hey, shout out my roommate. I just and I just beat TJ this week. My uh, my team is named I am inevitable, quoting Thanos. And every single week I win, I send the video in our group chat of him saying I am inevitable. And ever, it that's really just not nice. Them. And I'm a, it just I, makes I, it makes everyone on. really mad. We're playing <laughs> and we're playing for we're playing for too much damn money too. How much is Thanos? How cool is Thanos, man? He's so character. cool. What Marvin, a big so cool. Shout out Josh Brolin. Killed that. Killed that role. That's but true. other than that, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, and I don't know if we come back next week because like this week, I unless there's some pressing news, say they announce a starting quarterback, I don't see us recording or posting a podcast until the week of the Rutgers game. I would say, I, I would say because – Maybe we did. We keep on saying we're gonna put the graphic up on Twitter, but I'm too lazy to do it. So maybe mm-hmm. I'll actually get some determination and do it. So we not necessarily have to record every week, but we'll probably be back in a week or two. I I, I don't know. Don't don't hold me to anything because I'm an idiot. Because I, I I'm just talking <laughs> in circles at this point. 
But it was a good episode. Do you guys have anything else to say about this slate this weekend? You got another game on the schedule that you're looking forward to watching? No, I I mean, it's it's a pretty good slate. Really good slate. Really good Um, slate. I'm interested to see um, what BYU does. They're really good. I got one. What game? Louisiana Lafayette at 3-0, number 23 versus number 3-0 Coastal Carolina. Cheers, big game. Woo! Come so on, Coastal mo- Carolina. Dude, they have a teal field. It's so bad. headphones. <laughs> they're, talking about, they're talking about moving that game because of the hurricane, though. Yeah, they, I did see that. Dude, have you seen Coastal Carolina's, like, stadium, though? Myrtle Beach, baby. Sick. They have a teal – they have, like, teal turf. It's teal all the way around, baby. It is it's good. maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's I don't awful. know who – I hate it. Whoever greenlit that – it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Just get green grass. Like, what are we doing here? It's not like – it's like a weird gimmick that's like, this was a bad idea. This was like a waste of a million dollars. <laughs> the Mizzou game, the Mizzou uh, LSU. Well, no, LSU's LSU Mizzou game is moved to LSU Columbia, right? Yeah. They're playing in Columbia. Yes, but LSU will win that. LSU's. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they kind of hammered the Vandy last week. Vandy. I mean, who's Vandy's coach? Derek Mason. He's still there. I know. What I, I was about too. to say, I was about to, I mean, it might be time for him to go. I don't know. He's Andy's Mel Tucker's, a, he's Mel Tucker's twin. He's jacked. Derek Mason yeah. is absolutely jacked. But, I mean, James Franklin, he doesn't get enough credit for how, like, the job he did at Vandy. Vandy is a tough place to win. I think Franklin's proven his worth as a coach at Penn State. Terrible in-game coach still, but whatever. We'll move on. Good episode. SRZ, Ryan Collins, Eric Bott, Joseph Dandron, Nathan Stearns. See you guys in a week, week and a half. Who knows? Because I'm an idiot. But thank you for listening. See you guys next time. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89 FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.